life of a long-term multitasker. This is the Casually Profound series, where conversations create deeper connections with others and yourself, where every interaction is an opportunity to laugh, think, and feel fully, where magical moments happen spontaneously and abundantly. This series has discussions that transcend the surface level of what people do or who they are in the outer world. It aims to normalize thinking. I hope for all those engaged in this discussion, including myself, the guest, and especially you, the active listener, we stop and ponder on the ultimate question, who am I really? All while enjoying every second of it, of course. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Size Eyes podcast in the Casually Profound series. Coming to you live from Houston at Minuti Coffee with my conversation partner today, Adam Kamak. I met Adam, was it 2014? Yes. Uh, in, at UT, he was my RA at the wonderful uh, dorm called Creekside. Uh, where it no longer stands right now. <laughs> uh, actually, or actually, actually it, it, do, it does still stand. Oh, wow. And it, okay. is, it is under the same Creekside. Oh, name. I thought it was... Oh, yeah, uh, there, are, there, are pl- there, are, there are plans for them to demolish it and replace it with a more modern facility sometime in the near future, but those plans have yet to come to fruition. Oh, okay. I guess I had thought it had come to fruition already. No. Um, but yeah. For, fortunately for us, we can still go reminisce. <laughs> yeah. for, at least for a few more years. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so he's my guest. We, you know, we met 2014 as my RA at the dorm there, and we bonded over a lot of things like sports, about history, geography, um, trivia, and many other things that we got to know him over the last few years. Um, and so I just want to say thank you for coming on here um, and being part of a casual and profound conversation um, at you know, this nice location in uh, Katy, Texas. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Um, you know, I have a background in podcasting from several years back as a host, but this is my first time ever as a guest, and I know that this format will be much different than the format that I was accustomed to when I was on the other end of it, so mm-hmm. I'm excited to have this experience and see where this goes. Hopefully awesome. this will be an exciting hour that we have in store for ourselves yeah, and I for know. the audience. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, yeah. So, like, I'm just, uh, kind of to start things off, like, I'm pretty grateful for, um, I think, just... Well, first of all, I think you and your family for allowing me to <laughs> stay over um, for a few days. Anytime, anytime. Um, but I think just like grateful for, I mean, even before this recorded conversation, right, like the conversations that we have that are more, I think, like go towards, like there's a certain level of like understanding that we know about each other. Yes. Um, in terms of like, all right, we, we know that we both like have these common interests about geography, about history, about um, you know, these things that I mentioned and so I'm grateful for that I can connect with someone who also has those interests in a natural way um, and so you know, I really want to find more people like that um, who have those overlap with me but I'm really grateful that I have found someone like that and grown that relationship and connection over you know, five, seven, eight years now. Right. Um, so yeah, I'll kind of open it up to you for anything that you're grateful of for. Of course, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm grateful for your friendship. Um, you know, we meet a lot of people over the course of our lives in a lot of different settings. Yeah. But how many people do we actually bond with in such a way that we can call them our friends and that we know that we can count on them 
know, whenever we need them. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's one of the great thing. One of the great things about friendship. Maybe you don't see that person every day. Maybe you live in different places, but you know that you can count on each other. Um, and I, of course, very much enjoy our conversations <laughs> related to any number of topics and shared interests. Um, but I mean, even more so, it's just being able to, to count on you and mm. knowing that you're there for me. And that's above and above all else. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me, above all else, that's what I'm grateful for uh, wow. in being here with you today. Awesome. I love this gratitude mindset that we're in right now. So yes, yes. We can take that, uh, that mindset and do a quick little visualization of how we want to feel after this conversation, after this hour or so. So we can sink into our seats, sink into our bodies, deepen our breath. Feel that relaxation all the way from our head to our toes. That throughout this conversation, we're going to be having amazing ideas thrown around. Creativity will be unleashed. There will be new topics that we've never discussed before, even. A perspective changing topic in a conversation and really feel at the end of it we've become different people even and that gratitude of having this conversation with a friend a close friend and a lifelong friend the soak in that feeling Awesome. All right, so let's return back to Minuti Coffee here, drinking our hot chocolate and, and coffee and eating some kolaches. Yes, and, and, <laughs> and trying to determine whether we are in Katy, Texas or Houston, Texas. Yes, yeah. Both were mentioned in the intro. And, That's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's actually an interesting question as we are in an unincorporated area uh, affiliated with the Katy School District, but that has a Houston address, whereas on the other side of the street, there's a Katy address. So it's actually quite an interesting wow. question. Wow, so I guess I was accurate in saying both cities. Right? Yes, you, you, oh, were, wow. you were accurate. <laughs> nice, unintentional. So Katy area, but also Houston area. Okay, perfect, perfect. Um, yeah, so we'll kind of dig into the first question. Adam, who do others think that Adam Kamak is? Yeah, um... I mean, it, it's an interesting question, and of course, last night you told me that you were going to ask it, so uh, I was trying not to overthink my response. Fortunately, um, I was unable to keep my eyes open for very long, so there was not a lot of overthinking that went on. Um, but of course, this morning in preparation, I briefly listened to uh, another interview that you did with um, uh, David Block, is that, is that his yeah. name? Yeah, and um, something he pointed out was that maybe that question shouldn't matter a whole lot, right? It should be more about um, what you think of yourself than what others think of you. Um, and that's, I mean, that's all well and good. And that's definitely important, what you think of yourself. Um, and I know, you know, when I did my podcast uh, years back, I had a, a guest on from San Francisco, Dr. Michael Edelstein, who pushes back on the whole uh, concept of self-esteem and pushes more for unconditional self-acceptance. And I think there's a lot of value in that, of course. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, as we interact with people, you know, on a on a daily basis, uh, the question of who others see us as 
Uh, I mean, that's definitely something that comes up. And of course, it's definitely um, a great feeling when others see us in a positive light and when others right. respect and appreciate us the way, the way that we would hope. So, yeah. um, I, I mean, I appreciate that point that, that David Block was making, but um, I think it, for better or for worse, is an important question how others see us. So mm-hmm. I suppose I will do my best to yeah. answer that question without being able to ask these other people right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> I suppose they would see me as someone who's hardworking, someone who's naturally curious. Uh, I, you definitely alluded to that part in your introduction yeah. <laughs> uh, in talking about how we're able to discuss all of these topics um, at a higher level and that we're both deeply interested in. Um, I think they would say that I'm a self-starter, maybe an outside-the-box thinker. Um, someone who is not just going to do you know, what's in front of them and is not just going to be satisfied uh, with maybe uh, what other people would accept. Um, mm-hmm. Where I, I think I, I was saying to you the other day, something that I appreciate about you um, and that we have in common is that we're not satisfied with just being mediocre. It's very easy in life to sort of drift into a routine and not really deviate from that routine. Yeah. And yet we both want to be great people and we want to you know, go beyond sort of a, a, minimal, um, a minimal approach and, for la- and sort of drifting into a boredom that comes with just doing the same thing day in, day out. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, I guess we can get into this more. Of course, what, what greatness means is going to differ to, you know, from person to person. Yeah. And greatness does not need, need to be... Um, you know, having uh, Warren Buffett-style wealth or having right. Beyonce-style fame. That, that <laughs> doesn't have to be what greatness is. Right, yeah. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, we, we both strive for maybe a little something more. And yeah. I hope that we'll find something a little more fulfilling right. in our lives. So I think a lot of other people would say that about me, you know, that I am an out-of-the-box thinker who's going to work hard yeah. to you know, put work into relationships, put work into you know, whatever task I'm pursuing, yeah. to, to try to go above and beyond and try to achieve that level of, of greatness. Right, okay. So then... I, I know that <clears throat> answer uh, went all over the place, so let's, no, no, let's no, see no, where we good. go from here. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's good, because then, you know, there's many different things I can you know, take from here or there, right? Um, right. I think... So you mentioned like how your sense of like the, your curiosity plays a factor in like learning about these new things for you, right. and so like w- I guess where do you see yourself in terms of like your sense of boredom, right? Like where do you think that curiosity will lead you, right? In the next like maybe one, two, five years, <coughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, um, I mean I. I, I'm not the type of person where I'm going to take a job and do the exact same thing at mm-hmm. that job the same way every day for 5, 10, 15 years. That's, that's just not who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I get excited by new things, by new ideas. I mean, it could be something as simple as watching Jeopardy and they're asking about, I don't know, a book that I've never heard of before. Or, you know, reading and uh, finding out about some political figure that I had not stumbled across before, or a city that I never um, really put much thought into before, right, and then yeah. going down a rabbit hole learning about <laughs> those things. Yeah. Right, so there, there's something you know exciting in in the, the newness yeah. uh, of something that I've just discovered. 
So yeah. you know, where will that curiosity lead me in the next five years? I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, right, I, yeah. Um, I'm, I don't know what my life is going to look like five, 10, 15 years from yeah. now. I mean, I maybe can have some ideas about some things I would want in it, but yeah. I, don't, I don't know. But um, I mean, I definitely hope that it's going to lead to some fun experiences and some right. interesting people, uh, yeah. uh, continuation of, of great relationships right. um, yes, and well, some, yeah. some new um, accomplishments and, and some new, um, some, a lot of great memories, hopefully. Right, yeah. So what are those kind of like, Obviously, it, it, you can't really like. No one can like. All right, here's the right. line that I'm going to be drawing from like now to like right. five I mean, years, li right? life is not. It's not a linear thing. Yeah, yeah. Right? May maybe the way that we move through time is very linear. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but life is not linear. Of course. Um, yeah. And you know, when I was doing my podcast, there was a very heavy political component. I remember discussing with one of the guests, and I, I can't remember if it was um, if this was when we were recording or afterwards when we were debriefing on the interview for an hour or, yeah. or however long it was. Right. Way, way longer than I'm sure the guests had yeah. budgeted for. Um, but we were talking about you know, different political uh, philosophies and how um, you know, they sort of uh, gain momentum and, and, and become more um, societally relevant and influential and how it's, it's, not, you know, it's not a linear process, right? There are, and there may be progress being made that you don't realize, that you don't expect. Uh -huh. And maybe it takes a few steps back to make a few steps forward. That um, makes yeah. So yeah, it's not you know it's not a, a linear thing. It's not necessarily a straightforward path to where it will be. Yeah. Um, yeah, that but, makes sense. But what? Where where would you like to go from here? Yeah. So I mean, I think like the. So I mean, you mentioned like the you being a paused uh, podcast host, right? Sure. I'm not gonna say former. No, um, future. Yes, future. Former, former and, and former future. Former and future. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, brief respite here. Uh, um, uh, yes. But uh, so Br like brief is generous. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> a respite. <laughs> so then, how would you kind of, I guess, I guess talk about like your involvement and why you, I guess you know for those listeners who may not know that about you, right? How did you get into podcasting? What was it about? What did you want to, um, I guess, share with the audience who was listening to your podcast? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's been something oddly interesting about sort of broadcast media you know, ever since I was a little kid. Um, and the idea of having a platform where I could bring on people that I thought were interesting and knowledgeable, um, but that maybe, uh, I, I, I mean, I suppose if I uh, contacted them and asked to go meet for lunch, they probably would say yes. Yeah. But. Um, you know, there's certain insights and there's a certain willingness to have those conversations and to be able to ask those questions that comes from having a podcast. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was, that was definitely part of it, being able to interact with those sorts of people um, and being able to, you know, to, to gain those insights. And yeah. um, I know this is... Like yeah, that, that so you normally is, wouldn't have had. Right. And right, I, yeah. I know this is something that you get to experience doing, doing this show. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, that's definitely something that I hope to recapture by returning to podcasting. Uh, it's it's a great feeling to be able to you know have those interactions with people and be able to have conversations, whether it be about something a little more arcane or may, or whether it just be about their daily life. Right. Um, you know, it's yeah. it's great to be able to have those those conversations in that format. Right. And ideally, you know, someone in the audience will gain something from it. Right. Um, <laughs> that that makes it even better. 
Right. Um, but of course, it's very gratifying for the, the host and the guest. Right. E even um, independent of what the, the listener may be, right, yeah. may be getting out of it. How would you, so like, I guess you can just, if you want to describe like what your podcast was about, like what was it called? Yeah. And you know, what, what type of guests did you have on there so that like people that you said, right, like the people who you may not have reached out to if you yeah. did have the avenue of a podcast, right? Like, so what, what, who are those people in terms of like what they did and their professions and stuff yeah. like that? Um, so it's called Wake Up Call Podcast and um, the domain name was wakeupcallpodcast.com but since I haven't recorded an episode for probably four and a half years, I, the website has long since disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> my willingness to, to pay to keep it up yeah. <laughs> has also long since disappeared. Um, as I, I'm sure you know that uh, these things are not free. Right. Um, so if you're not committed... Um, uh, and the thing has already died out, then there's sort of no point. Um, yeah. But, I mean, on the show, it did have a you know, certain political bend, but, I mean, there were a wide variety of topics. So we discussed all sorts of historical topics, current events topics, mm -hmm. um, political topics. Uh, but, I mean, there were some episodes where we discussed health topics. Okay. Um, you know, like, there was one episode where I had a doctor from Salt Lake City come on and he had been doing research in a small community in China of people who, you know, uh, that regularly produced uh, people who lived to be over 100. And we're talking about some of the insights that he had gained from that. Oh, wow. Okay. Or like I had um, a guest come on to talk about sort of a, a, a diet and, and lifestyle idea. So mm -hmm. um, there were some episodes that were a little out of the box there, but a, a, a lot of it was based on talking about current events, talking about history, like interviewing people about the war in Syria or the Iran nuclear deal um, yeah. or about uh, you know, the 2016 election, which was, which was going on at the time. Right, yeah. Um, and some of it was more theoretical. Um, so like interviews about what is money or mm. um, you know, the setup of the Federal Reserve System. And there, there were a lot of economic topics. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was sort of covering a wide variety of issues of relevance in the U.S. and yeah. Uh, globally, um, but okay. you know, along the way, there would be other people that I would become aware of or um, contacts of guests uh, that I would right. not have thought to have had on. Um, yeah, but then I would find that to be interesting. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> we'd have that conversation. Yeah, that makes sense. So um, then I guess so. And <coughs> since we referred to this as a brief respite <laughs> from podcasting, um, yeah, <laughs> brief being a very generous term in this instance. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, when I when I do return to podcasting, I would love to be able to talk about some of those sorts of topics. I mean, you know that yeah. I love discussing current events. Right. Yeah. You know that I love discussing history and I love yeah. discussing politics and things like that. Yeah. Um, but I would love to be able to to branch out, and I you know I think this uh, series that you're doing of trying to have you know conversations about different people to gain insights into who they are and right. try to determine what relevance that can have. Uh, in the lives of your of your listeners and, and the guests and yourself. Right, I, mean, yeah. I think there's a lot of value in that. I would love to have some of those conversations as well. Mm -hmm. So I guess like kind of going off that then, what, so you mentioned all the different topics that you may have learned about like the current events or about the world, about history, like all these things that are going on around the world through these conversations that you had with the podcast. <laughs> Was there anything through the process of podcasting and being the host that you learned about yourself that you wasn't necessarily, it may have been tied, but yeah. um, wasn't directly just like the knowledge piece right. from those. Yeah, I mean, the knowledge, the knowledge piece, of course, is 
extremely important. Right. But I think there was a lot of personal growth over the course of that process, as I'm sure you're probably experiencing as you record <laughs> yeah. size eyes and as, as you yeah. have these very casual and yeah. profound <laughs> in that order. Yeah, Not so profound and casual, yes, but no, no. casual and profound. No, yes, of course. Um, both <laughs> being very important in that order. Correct. Um, conversations. Um, so I'm 27 right now. I'll turn 28 in less than two weeks. And Happy early birthday. Um, thank you. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, need to, I need to figure out how I'm going to celebrate. Yeah. Pro probably by getting sleep. Yeah. <laughs> That's always a great gift. Yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. I, I remember for my birthday a few years ago, um, my aunt calling me to wish me a happy birthday and asking me what I was going to do. And I said, well, I'm going to have some time to myself to read about what's going on in Ukraine. Oh, She's yeah. like, oh, that's a great birthday present. You, yeah. get, ti you get time to yourself to, yeah. to catch up on things. Of course, yes. Um, Who wouldn't want to read books on Ukraine that, that's, on their birthday? Right, that's, of course, of course. Um, yeah. um, but yeah, when I, you know, when I started my podcast, I was 20, 21 years old. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, to public schools growing up in the yeah. U.S. and there's, you know, very much this system for um, younger individuals living in the U.S. and I'm sure this is the case pretty much throughout the world where there's sort of you're down here and the adults are up there, and there were a lot of great things I got out of podcasting, but one of the things was recognizing that in some ways age doesn't matter, right? So I was able to have uh, a judge from Alabama on my show who at the time was 79 years old yeah. and I was able to interview a college dropout from San Diego who was 20 years old yeah. and speak to them on even footing and on the same level about completely different topics. I mean one was about sort of a history of US foreign policy and one was about leaving college and traveling independently in Central America and right. the experiences <laughs> that he got. Yeah. Um, but I mean I think there's a lot of value and a lot of personal growth in being able to talk to people of different ages, of different backgrounds of different experiences on an equal level. Um, and there's also just sort of a, a confidence that comes with um, reaching out to people that you've never met before, but yeah. knowing that you can um, bond over some sort of topic, that you mm -hmm. can have a relevant um, and meaningful conversation with them, um, yeah. that you, the two of you can work together to produce something of value despite never having met until you know, five minutes prior to, to right. recording and only <laughs> yeah. meeting over, over Skype was, uh, you know, which was what we were using at the time. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I got a lot out of that. I mean, also in terms of organizational skills, communication skills. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that you're experiencing this with your casual and profound, yeah. as opposed to profound and casual. <laughs> yes, if it were profound and casual, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you would be getting this, but <laughs> your casual and profound Correct. conversations. Um, I'm sure you're getting that where, I mean, I definitely became a better listener, a better speaker. Mm. Um, quicker on my feet in terms of what I was going to say, yeah. um, better uh, at responding you know, in, a, in a timely manner, um, in a more thoughtful manner. I mean, th there were a lot of those, I guess maybe in the sort of the job search world, we could call them soft skills. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of those sorts of things that I got out of that experience. Right. So, how, so then how is that kind of translated into, since like the podcasting usually is I mean, for us, it's not a full-time job. Yes. Yet. Yes. Yet. It will be. Yes, of course. Or, or at least it will be a component of a, of a, of a, of a source a, of income. A source of income, right. right. I mean, that's that's something that you know I definitely aspire to have is yeah. several streams of income. I, right, yeah. I'm under the Naturally. impression that yeah, that's same. something that you want, and yeah. podcasting can be an outlet for one source of income or several sources of income, right? right? Yeah. I mean, 
there are all sorts of places that this yeah. can be taken, sponsorships, right. affiliate marketing packages, oh, yeah. um, uh, membership sites, uh, products that you create and, and promote via your right. podcasts. I mean, there yeah. are... It's endless opportunities. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Absolutely. so then how would you kind of, we haven't touched on it yet, but you kind of mentioned like the educational system, but then you're also a teacher right now. For right. better or for worse. <laughs> but you're, so like how is those, how have those like skills from podcasting specifically, yeah. right, that you learned about yourself, like thinking on your feet and, you know, communication, all these things, how have they kind of translated into the educational world that you're a teacher in right now? Yeah. Well, I'm going to say some things I probably should not be saying given my current line of work, <laughs> but um, I suppose a lot of people already know that I think this way. Um, <laughs> I don't think particularly highly of most people who become teachers. Um, I'm not one of these people who, when someone tells them they're a teacher, I think, oh, that's so great and noble. It could be. It definitely could be. Right. But most people that become teachers, they're not highly skilled and intelligent and ambitious, and they have this enormous panoply of options, and this is the one that grabs them as their calling. Right. Um, most people that become teachers, it's because they have few marketable skills and the barrier to entry to become a teacher is rather low. Um, I mean, it varies in different places. You know, some places you need a master's degree. I think in New York City you need a master's degree in order uh -huh. to be able to teach in their school system. Not that a master's degree necessarily means a whole lot in a lot of cases. I mean, a lot of the time it's just going through checking the boxes. Right, yeah. Um, but I mean, here in Texas you just need a bachelor's degree and pass a test and then you can be a teacher. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the barrier to entry is kind of low, but... Uh, and there are a lot of um, mediocre individuals who go into that line of work. And, but, I mean, I definitely think my communication and organization skills have made me a much better okay. teacher than I otherwise would have been. My ability to connect with other people okay. um, and my ability to serve the audience, the customers, right. which I don't think people think of a school system is having customers, right. but there are customers in quotation marks. Maybe maybe it's not, they're not paying customers in the sense that you're selling them something, but, um, and maybe that's, maybe that's problematic, that then you don't feel like you have to serve the customers, but those would be the students and the parents. Right. Right. So I feel like my experience with trying to produce something to serve an audience that has value yeah. and those communication skills and ability to connect with other individuals and put in effort to get to know people that I had never met before, which on the first day of school, mm -hmm. for the most part, there, there are exceptions, but generally haven't met those individuals before. Um, so I think that's made me far more effective in that capacity than the vast majority of people who go into that right. profession. And I'm using the term profession, not career, uh, because as, as we've discussed, this is a yeah. brief right. respite <laughs> from podcasting. Exactly. And at some point in the future, um, I will continue, or I will resume my podcasting right, efforts yes. and have <laughs> that as a, a source of income. And right. um, I don't know if my conversations will be casual and profound right. simultaneously, <laughs> but perhaps they'll be profound and casual. Well, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Only time will tell. Only time only will tell. That's right. Only linear time will tell. That, that's right. It's, well, <laughs> it, it, time time progresses linearly, yeah. but our our efforts over time are not yeah. linear <laughs> in exactly. most cases. <laughs> yeah. So then, how would you kind of um, kind of tying two ideas that you mentioned so far of you like thinking outside the box, right? Yeah. And your teaching style. So like, how would you kind of combine those in terms of like, I guess, what would you say by yourself that makes you like a different teacher compared to other people who are in, in that career, in that profession? 
Um, well, I actually know the material. That's something that's different. <laughs> okay. uh, I'm not um, an athletic coach who happens to operate in the classroom during a, a, a window of time. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, I mean, my attitude is if there are other people in the room, then you need to be getting to know them, interacting with them, providing value for them, not mm. sitting off to the side, getting other work done while they're over there attempting to stay awake. Yeah. Um, so I think it's you know, the value of connection and the value of building relationships and trying to glean insights from everybody, regardless, regardless of age and background. As we discussed on, you know, when I did my podcast, yeah. I was able to find great value in interviewing um, someone who dropped out of Ohio State to go to Central America for several months. Right. I got a lot of value out of that conversation. Um, I was able to find great value in interviewing a, a judge in Alabama, you know, who was about to turn 80, about you know the U.S. entry into World War II and yeah. um, American you know, policy leading uh, leading up to World War One and, and things of that sort. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that's definitely something that that separates me out is that I, I realize that there are insights and values that we can insights and value that we can get from you know, interactions with pretty much everybody regardless of background regardless of age right um, but yes actually knowing the stuff is also something that right separates <laughs> and being willing to put in the work and not just settling for the way it's always been done you know, making efforts to revamp modernize modify um, right you know make it more worthwhile and I and I also try to structure my classes to develop some of these skills in the students, getting yeah. them talking, getting them thinking, getting them listening, laughing, smiling, Right. Yeah. You know, trying to develop those skills in them. So we'll see. I haven't been doing this that long. I mean, it's not like it, anyone can, at this point, come back to me and say, I was your student 20 years ago and I got this value out of that. Right, but yeah. I like to think, at least in the short term, that they're getting that. Right. Or maybe they can be a guest on your podcast and then we'll, and we'll then see. That, yeah. there, 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 there are some students where um, I think it would be very interesting to have a casual and yeah, profound yeah. conversation with them. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, so, while while they're, while they're students, there are kind of some some barriers in the right. way I can interact with them. But yeah, you don't work at that school system, so I can give you their names if yeah. you want. <laughs> well, we'll keep it off air for now. <laughs> um, so, like, how would you? Um, so I could, like I think inherently what you're saying there's like a, a structure and a system that's currently built of of education the educational system as a yeah. whole right in the, in the U S. Yes. Um, and I don't think this is a uniquely U S. problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, so I just want to talk about right. it. I mean, I mean, the some, US. I mean something. Right. Of course. Yeah. I mean, that's where we live. Right. Exactly. That's where I've always lived. Unlike you, having been born in Singapore, I never in India. In India, yeah. I thought you were born. I, mean, in, I lived in Singapore for lived in Singapore four years okay. of my life. Well, so I thought, accurate there. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I thought you were born in Singapore. Well, I've I've lived in quotation mark in Singapore for five days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, brief time. But yeah, so I, yeah, um, very very enjoyable experience being in Singapore. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've always lived in the U.S., so I, I suppose it's going to be easier for us to discuss right, this. But yeah. I mean, when I was doing my podcast and we talked about um, the history of public education in the yeah. U.S., uh, I mean, a lot of it harkens back to the, the Prussian model um, in, you know, I guess, what would now be Germany at the time, you know, obviously Prussia in the yeah. 1800s. And um, the role of the Industrial Revolution was, was a significant factor. So this is not a uniquely American phenomenon. Right, but yeah. yes, let's, let's go for it. Let's focus on the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So then, so how would you, like, it, I guess if you could, like, w what are, like, one or two things that you could, like, focus in on 
that like if we focused on this like in the education system like that could have disproportionate impact on a positive sense on overall system yeah um, I don't think students come out of this system learning skills that they need to be successful so some of this is like specific sort of hard skills I guess like do you get to the end of 13 years kindergarten to 12th grade knowing how to um, how to deal with the budget how to right. balance a checkbook how to buy a house buy a car change a flat tire right. <laughs> um, and I don't know how to change a flat tire do you know how to change a flat tire no it, not it, on my own exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly I know, I know how to find someone that I know how to change how, right, how yeah. to change it and get them to do it um, so there are a lot of skills that I think would be very useful just everyday life yeah um, that's not that are not taught um, I mean there are a lot of sort of soft skills that are that are not taught and not encouraged and in a lot of ways suppressed yeah right these things that I'm talking about with connection and communication and speaking and listening and outside the box thinking um, and recognizing the value in how you should interact with other individuals other individuals of different ages yeah um, of different backgrounds um, I mean I think that that's something that um, would be important to have in that sort of in that sort of setting. Um, I mean, there are other skills that would be of great value. You know, like um, you know, learning how to uh, how to market something, how to um, take an idea and turn that into a product or a service, um, how to start an online business, right. how to. Um, start a YouTube channel or a podcast yeah. and be able to market that to an audience, right? I mean, there's great value in that and, and tremendous creativity that could be a part of this. Mm -hmm. um, the, you know, the public school system and, and the way that it's structured is so different from what um, we should want people to get out of it and, and what we should want them right. you know, to become. Um, and maybe we want is the wrong phrasing. I mean, obviously, this is up to each individual right. and, and the path that, that they believe is best for them and, and their interests and their lives right. and, and the people that they know and that they care about. Yeah. Um, but it just doesn't replicate reality. I mean, where else in your life are you going to, year in, year out, be churned sort of across an assembly line where you're sitting in a room with people that are segregated by age and geographic location, yeah. <laughs> um, or location of residence, yeah. and those are basically the only people that you're interacting with, and you are sitting at a desk told exactly what to do every single day, and then if you don't do it, you have severe consequences because you didn't do something that someone, someone else theoretically finds value, and probably they were just told to do it too. Right. right? I mean, is that, is, is, is that the best system? Right. Um, it, it seems artificial and it just doesn't seem to prepare people to go out there in the world and have those skills and have those abilities and yeah. be able to interact with other individuals in a way that is going to be most productive for, for them and for you know, whomever else they're trying to, you know, they're trying to provide goods and services right. for and, 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 and interact with. Right. So then I guess, I guess what are the... I guess, do you feel like that about both the grade system, like, you know, K through 12 and college, or are there any differences in there that you can, like, pinpoint on? Yeah, um, so I've never been to grad school. 
I, you know, I don't have any advanced degrees, so I can't speak to that from personal experience. I can, yeah. I mean, I can speak of that based on my experiences talking to other people who have right. advanced degrees, but I, I haven't actually been through that myself. Um, but I mean, college in a lot of ways is a continuation of the K through 12 system. And I mean, there's been, and this is something that I'm against, but there's been a great push in this country to force everybody into college, right? Free community college, um, you know, efforts to uh, waive student loan debt, um, making it easier for students to get loans and go into debt, right? And that's, yeah. of course, that's a massive issue is the, the student loan situation. Um, so I, I, I don't think that that's such a great idea that you shove everyone down this assembly line, kindergarten through 12th grade, and then they get to the end and you shove them down another assembly <laughs> line of something very similar right. um, where you're just, you're adding years to their life, or you're, you're adding years of doing something that maybe is not the most productive. Um, and they could be out there having other experiences, you know, making money instead of going into debt or having their parents spend what they had saved right, over, yeah. over the years. Um, so, you know, college, I mean, obviously there can be value in some circumstances. I would not be sitting at Minuti Coffee, in, right. whether it's Houston <laughs> or Katy. Yeah. Um, very debatable question right now. Yes. Um, talking to you if I had not been to college, right? right. So, yeah. I mean, obviously Likewise. I'm grateful yeah. for, you know, the relationships that I built when, right. when I was in college. And, and I have great memories and, and there were great experiences. Right. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I think in a lot of ways college does not really replicate the real world either and it may be there's some aspects that are even more problematic in the sense that um, you know at, at least theoretically in a K through 12 system yeah there's the ability to build relationships with people that you are seeing in, in class and um, faculty members that you're seeing every day uh, in a college setting I mean I there was there's minimal interaction between student and professor unless you go into some sort of you know, highly specialized research or you work on a thesis or, um, I mean, suppose in, in grad school it would be different, right? I mean, if you're right. getting a PhD, you would have an advisor. I'm sure that there would be some sort of relationship there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, even still, it's this very sort of regimented, you know, hierarchical setup where yeah. um, the professor or advisor is up there and the poor little student is, <laughs> is down there. So um, I'm not, I, there, there, are, there can be benefits to going to college. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think that it's set up that differently from K through 12, and is that beneficial? And way, way, way out in the future, when I have kids of my own, I'm quite skeptical of whether I will send them to college. Right. Yeah. Um, and we could talk about this more, but there are sort of a few boxes where, unless and unless one or more of those boxes are checked, yeah, my interest in sending them off to four-year university is quite minimal. Okay. I'm not sure if that would be the best. Mm. For them. Well, what, what are those boxes? Yeah, so I think there are sort of three um, categories, and this was you know, something that um, I started thinking about when reading Doug Casey, who's a, you know, an economist, and okay. he has these he had these um, conversations, um, um, you know, years back uh, that are on, on his his website, and I, I you know uh, conversations with Casey books okay. based on this. Um, but sort of the three things that he pointed out, and I, I think this is probably accurate, um, is do, does the individual want to pursue a career where college is an absolute definite prerequisite? So if you want to become a doctor, it's going to be very difficult in the U.S. to become yeah. a doctor 
which is a worthwhile profession, of course, in many levels, right. um, without having been to college and then med school. Or if you want to be a lawyer, yeah. which can be a worthwhile profession, depending on, on how it's approached. Very yeah. difficult without going to law school. Very difficult to go to law school without having an undergraduate degree. Yeah. Um, so is it an absolute prerequisite? Um, another box would be, are there specific skills or is there specific equipment that you could not have, that you would not have access to without going to college? So if someone wants to be a chemist, it would probably be difficult to uh, acquire the lab equipment and assemble it properly um, and have a, a lab where you could develop those skills yeah. on your own. You probably would benefit significantly from going to a major research-based university. Yeah. Um, and then the third one would be connections. To, um, you know, I don't know, you know, run-of-the-mill state university, are you going to, I mean, you'll, you will have connections, of course. Yeah. Will those be connections that are unique in pushing your, yourself forward, right? So if you were to go, I think this is, if, if someone were to pursue an Ivy League type path, the, the great value in that is going to be the connections that you'll make among your peers and the alumni network of people that are you know highly positioned that can help you you know access jobs and opportunities right. uh, if you go to Harvard that you may not be able to access if you go to Oklahoma Panhandle State University. Oh, yeah, of course. Right. So, <laughs> located uh, in. Uh, located in. <laughs> gosh, I think that is in Goodwell, oh, okay. Oklahoma. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll fact check that later. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's in Goodwell. They're, they're, they're the Aggies, <laughs> yeah, by okay. the way. Yes. <laughs> Oklahoma Panhandle State Aggies. Of it's course, a, yes. It's either in Goodwell or Gaiman. I think, I think it's in okay. Goodwell, though. Okay. Yes, yes. Um, Sorry, go ahead. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I think it, it, it should check one of those boxes, right? Is, yeah. it, is it a prerequisite for what you want to do? Do they have certain equipment? and access to certain resources that would be almost impossible for you to obtain independently? Or are there certain networks that you're going to be able to tap into that will be critical in helping you achieve your goals that would not otherwise be critical? Okay. Um, I don't think going to college to major in alcohol and marijuana, <laughs> as many do. <laughs> um, I, I don't think that that's... The, the right reason to go to college. I, I don't think just going to get a piece of paper is the right reason. I feel like there, there are other ways that that time could be spent. That'd be right. more meaningful and beneficial. Yeah, okay. Um, so, this, you know, I'm 27, almost 28, and, and childless. So this isn't an issue that I'm going to be addressing for a long time. Right, right yeah. <laughs> when the time comes, right. I'm going to be hesitant to pay that money or send my, you know, my, my children off to college right. un unless I know that it's actually going to be a worthwhile use of their time. Right. But we'll see where the landscape, educational landscape is of course, in the next I'm, 20 I'm, Right. You know, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be extremely different when that time comes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, to go back to your original question, I think college is largely just an extension of K-12 through and has a lot of the same problems. And I would also say public schools and private schools, well, I would definitely be more inclined to send my kids to a private school than a public school. Yeah. Um, uh, I've heard the phrase used that private schools are largely baptized public schools, <laughs> and I think that's probably correct. I've never been to a private school myself, but it does seem like you know a lot of them are structured like public schools. Just maybe they have you know slightly higher standards, much higher tuition, right? And yeah. uh, oftentimes a religious component. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that is. Uh, 
Okay. Although I, ha- I have to say on the religious component um, yeah. of you know, the story, so um, you know, with, with my current school, uh, I'm, I'm in charge of Quiz Bowl, which is like a trivia general knowledge yeah. competition. And we were uh, in a match against a, a, a Catholic school from Michigan. Okay. And they were asking questions about popes. And the students were unable to get questions about the fourth most recent pope and the fifth most recent pope. So I'm wondering, what, what, what do they teach in these right, Catholic yeah. schools? Um, that, I mean, it's not asking them to go back to the Avignon papacy of the 1300s. Yeah, of course not. This is asking them to go back four popes ago, five popes ago. Yeah. Um, so I asked one of my friends who's Catholic, you know, what, what, do, what do they teach in Catholic schools? And his response was basketball, question mark. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a, I mean, some st- in Texas, you know, football is a religion. Yeah. Foot, football is a religion, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and I love football. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'm and, I, and, I, and I love bas- a footballist. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I love basketball, of course. Yeah. So, nice. um, but yeah, I mean, you know, do they? Is, is there really that much value in private schools and public schools? Maybe depending on the setup and depending on the situation, yeah. and maybe there could be in some public schools depending on the setup and the situation. Right. Okay. Um, but I'm not sure that there's that big of a distinction there. Okay. Yeah. Um, nice. Nice. So I guess in this point, I think it'd be nice. So what I try to do in some of these conversations is something that we don't normally do in a conversation. Yes. We're always like, we'll just talk about the setting of being a confederation. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I told you I was going to mention that. Yes, you did. You did. <laughs> um, but I mean, in the, in the Senegambia Confederation, there is the great city of. <laughs> yeah. So um, context for the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> context for the listeners. So I was visiting Cy in Charlotte in March. And uh, we went to Target to buy basketball. And yeah. while we were there, um, we went to search for board games. And there was yeah. one called Pan Am the Board Game. Of course. And on, on the back, they had little cards of Wake Island and, and Midway Atoll and things like that. And yeah. I said to him, well, any, any game that, where I could have a card of Wake Island yeah. and get a plane to fly there, <laughs> I, I need, to, I, I need yeah. to buy that. Yeah. <laughs> so we played it. And... Uh, one of the locations in the game is Bathurst, and we were trying to figure out where, where is Bathurst. It, and it was located in West Africa. That's right. It was located in West Africa, but when we searched Bathurst, we found Bathurst, New Brunswick in Canada, and Bathurst, New South Wales right. in Australia. We weren't able to find any significant Bathurst in, in West Africa. So eventually we figured out that Banjul, the capital, not the largest city, yes. in Gambia, was previously <laughs> known as Bathurst during the British period. Um, and went down a, a rabbit hole related to Gambia, oh, yeah, and unbeknownst to me, although Sai was aware of this uh, uh, <laughs> to some degree, that there was a Senegambia confederation, uh, <laughs> loose confederation between Senegal and Gambia, I think in the 1980s, so wow. for whatever reason that's become a running joke between yeah. us. <laughs> amazing. Well, I wasn't going to go there, but now that we've said it, you know, <laughs> amazing. Um, but I think what I want to do is like... Far uh, funnier than it should be. I almost spit out my coffee while I know, right? Really <laughs> <laughing about it. laughs> well, hopefully you can get some time to, to relax here because I want to take some time to like just uh, not uh, not talk, not have any, you know, uh, not have a conversation for the next like 30 seconds, minute or so, right? Because I think a lot of times we're like thinking about what what am I going to ask next, what am I going to say next, right. right? But now it's just we can like relax and like reflect on what we said, what we've thought about for the last you know hour or anything else, let our mind wander. And at the end of the brief respite, this time of an actual brief actual, actual, actually brief. We may need to look up a definition yeah, yeah. of brief, by the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> While we're at it, we may need to look up definitions of casual and profound, yeah, as, as opposed to profound and yeah. casual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so at the end of it, I'll ask you to ask me a question. Um, so, you know, because I, I believe that, you know, questions really go into how people think. 
in addition to like the answers that they provide. Okay. So at the end of that, um, you know, pause. We'll I'll ask you to ask me a question. We'll continue the conversation. I, I, I'm going to avoid asking how other people see Psy. Oh yes, yes. Um, so <laughs> I, I will I will come up with something different. Okay, nice. would you like to ask me? We can continue the conversation going. Yeah, so sort of a theme that's been running through part of our conversation has been this whole mediocrity versus greatness dichotomy. Mm. Um, I suppose maybe it doesn't have to be a dichotomy, but maybe in some ways it does have to be a dichotomy. Um, obviously, you're not you know, just merely satisfied with the norm and, and what other people might view as the norm. Yeah. You wouldn't be doing size eyes yeah. if that were the case. We would not be at Minuti Coffee yeah. <laughs> um, in the uh, with a Houston address and yeah. <laughs> um, uh, in the Katy School District, right, right. <laughs> um, paying property taxes to the Katy School District, right. I should say, um, if if that were the case. Um, so, what does what does greatness mean to you, and what is your motivating factor, or why do you why do you um, you know, every day when you get up, make these decisions to go, you know, above and beyond and, and to be different and to be, you know, a, a different sort of thinker and an out, outside the box sort of thinker in person. Yeah. So I think, well, so the first thing is like defining greatness, right? Because I think, I think a lot of these conversations that people have, we have assumed definitions in our own mind and then we project those definitions onto others when we talk and we assume that other people have the same definition as us, right? So when we talk about education, right, everyone's going to have a different definition of education. When we right. talk about uh, conversation, they're going to have different uh, definitions of conversations, of connection, of politics, of government, of all these different things, right? So the first thing that I think that we have to do is like define greatness for ourselves first before we can converse with others, right? And so I think I read a so there's a podcast out there by Lewis Howes. Um, it's, it's called School of Greatness. Yeah. I think one question is he. Yeah, and I, I I haven't listened to many episodes, but I, I'm familiar. Yeah, with yeah. That. So he asks he asks I think every guest like what is your definition of greatness, right? right. Um, and then there's one answer by Sadhguru. It's like an Indian mystic guru, um, and he says. If it can be if it can be defined, then it's not great enough for me. And so I, I read that and that really that, resonated. That is profound, but potentially not casual. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're in a casual setting, though. So. We, we are, yeah. so that, that increases the casual yeah. component for sure. Um, but like you know, if it's if it can be if I can label it, if I can put a word on it, if I can do something like that, then it's it's limiting me because I'm only limited by my, my vocabulary. Right, by what I can think, right? But 
what we like we put limiting beliefs on ourselves right. of what we can achieve right I think like we're limit we think we're limited to this like physical body we think we're limited to you know what we can think but if we you know like in that quick exercise that we did at the beginning of visualizing an amazing conversation right if we do that with everything or all these different practices that we can then uh, like visualize us or see ourselves achieving then the sky is not the limit there is no limit to what we can achieve right um, and so I think that's why I want to have that motivation to wake up maybe not every day but on most days thinking like yes. alright how do I provide a different perspective because like you said like the education system has like taught everyone who's gone through it like a specific way of thinking that right. hey like this is the way to be successful right right and it, at in certain points of history when this such education system was there that may have been true but it hasn't adapted with the times right so like right. to be different I have to think different right, right? and so uh, a, a big factor of that is actually my brother older brother by five years he you know he's paved the way for me to think a little bit differently he's an outside-the-box thinker as well and even more on a, on a spectrum than me in terms of uh, of how radical I think, right? And the, he's, you know, he thinks even more so like that. And so like that combined with, um, you know, let's say parents who are more on the conservative side, right? That type of those types of conversations and discussions, those will have a an interesting, like there's a lot of gray area nuance that has to be discussed, right? When people have different points of view, right? And then we can get to that aligned definitions of concepts of ideas right and then from there you know it's like how do I get those ideas right from from conversations from books from podcasts from articles from documentaries and then how do I apply those things into what I know that I can achieve right so like what really gets me going is having an idea and then like building it out and then implementing it Right. right, like I think I'm a, I'm at my core, I'm a creator. Yes. So like I'm a, I'm a content creator, I'm an idea creator, I'm a systems creator. I'm, I'm just a creator of things, right? And so, like that's where it really gets me going. When I can create things, that is really what gets me going. And then when I can create my own ideas, I think that's. But not only create things, because creating things can be easy, but creating things that last is the legacy piece of it that sure. really gets me going, right? How do I create things that really, excuse me, that really can last and stand the test of time that won't just be there for five or 10 years or even my lifetime, but then after after I'm gone, right, posthumously, how can that legacy still be there? Like that is what gets me going. Thinking about my 150 year plan or the 200, 500 right. years from now, what can I set the foundation for now to get me going? Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. so something I would definitely encourage everyone who's listening to this to, to watch. Um, Steve Jobs, uh, you know, the, the late, great Steve Jobs, gave a commencement speech at Stanford, I think, in 2005. Have you heard this speech? I have not listened to the entirety of it, Okay, but I've, I've heard of the speech. Yes, definitely go watch it. I was watching it a couple weeks ago. I've seen it numerous times, um, maybe once a year. Something will happen, and I'll, it'll uh, occur to me that I, I need to go play this back. Yeah. Um, so it's less than 20 minutes. Definitely watch yeah. it. And I would encourage everyone listening to watch it as well. Um, but something that he talks about in there is using death as a tool, right? And when he was initially diagnosed with cancer, 
uh, and he you know, recovered from that. And of course, he had other health problems that significantly and, and sadly and tragically shortened his life. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be great to have him with us today, of course. Right. Yeah. Um, as he as he should be. I mean, he would not be old by any by any stretch of the yeah, imagination yeah. if he were still with us uh, here in 2022. Um, but using death as a tool, and if you treat every day as if it could be your last day, you know. And when you wake up and look in the mirror, like art. Are you satisfied with, with what you are going to be doing that day? And are you, do you feel like you know, where you are is, is having so, the sort of impact that you want? Um, and if you have enough of those days where that's not the case, then adjusting your course. Yeah. Um, I think that's a very powerful uh, and profound, if not casual, <laughs> insight. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's you know, it's a very dark topic, of course, death, and it's a very difficult topic, and it's a topic that I, of course, struggle with a lot. But you know, it's interesting that you mentioned this sort of creating creating this legacy that goes you know long beyond after after we're gone. Right. Um, and I mean that that's an important question to to ponder and to think yeah. what we're doing right now is it fulfilling is it making a difference such that if it were the end we would be satisfied with it and such that if it were the end other people who we've provided value for whether it be through direct interaction or whether it be something like this where maybe we haven't met a lot of the people that are listening yeah whether you know they're they're getting something out of this and whether it's improving their lives and whether it's going to then have an impact on the, the people who they interact with um, yeah. That's, I mean, it's, a, it's an important question. Right. Yeah, so how would you, I guess, the unasked questions so far? Um, there, 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 there are many unasked uh, yeah, questions, yeah. <laughs> of course. But on, on that topic. Uh, right, but so, then, so long as we are casual and profound, yeah, yes. as opposed to profound and yes. casual, we can, we can ask these unasked of questions. Course, yes. So then how would you, like, how, how do you view it in, like, death in terms of, like, that legacy component? Like, are you, do you feel like, is that something you think about on a, you know, semi or somewhat regular basis of like what legacy you are leaving. Is that are those thoughts that leave you know cross your mind? I probably don't think about it as much as I should, and that's one of the reasons that periodically I do return back to that Steve Jobs commencement speech, and that was one of the reasons that um, I was I was listening to that a few weeks ago. Um, because when you're when you're in the day to day of your life, and there are massive amounts of work in front of you, and massive amounts of things that you're trying to accomplish and lots of people that you're, you're interacting with and trying to do right by and trying to do right by yourself, of course, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes we do lose sight of that. I, I lose sight of that. When I get up in the morning, I don't look into the mirror and, and think, if this is the last day, am I going to be satisfied? Right. Um, but I think it is important to, to have that sort of grounding and that sort of perspective. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think about that sort of thing and, and that legacy perhaps as much as I should. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's an important question. Right. Of course. Um, I guess, obviously, like, that's, that Steve Jobs commencement speech is one thing that you, you know, return to often, right, over time. What about other pieces of content, books, podcasts, etc., pieces of content that you've consumed over your life that, you know, have changed how you think, who you are. Yeah. Um, are, are there any, you know, any of those pieces of media and content that come to mind? Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I, I politically, I've considered myself to be a pretty hardcore libertarian 
going back to um, probably at least 2012, right? And um, yeah, I have actually found myself drifting more in a conservative direction in the last few years. Uh, maybe on questions where there's no libertarian answer per se, becoming more conservative in a lot of other in a lot of other ways, um, which maybe is odd for someone who thinks of themselves as a, as an out of the box thinker, right? When at the core of conservative <laughs> is conserving, and I'm talking about not conserving um, in my thinking and in, and in my approach. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, so within within sort of that framework, right? Um, that libertarian framework. I mean, someone who's very popular in the libertarian world is Tom Woods, and he has a great podcast that I listen to often. And um, he had a conversation a few years ago in honor of World Mental Health Day with Michael Malice, who um, you know is a regular guest on Fox Business, and uh, you know is perhaps most famous for his uh, North Korea travels and uh, his unauthorized autobiography of, of Kim Jong Il. Oh. Um, uh, as, as if that would ever be authorized. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think there was a, there, you know, the, that conversation is something that I'll return to periodically that they had, and something they talk about is you know when you're in your twenties and you see people that you know that are your friends who are sort of, um, they're becoming what they're going to become, right? And, and that's just what they are in terms of their job and, and what they're satisfied with. And whereas you're out there wanting to, to do great and wanting to be different, but perhaps uh, a little wet behind the ears and a little young and without the, the experience and the background to actually achieve some of those things that we hope to achieve and sort of what that means and how that can affect someone. So that's def that's something that I you know, that I go back to. Um, I used to listen to James Altucher's podcast quite a bit. It's been a few years since I've listened to okay. him. Um, but you know, he he'll talk about some of these things about kind of you know, different approaches. Okay. Um, so that's someone that I listen to. Um, I think, by the way, with you know, I think there's a lot of this. So I, Alt I would not consider Altucher to be a libertarian, but I think in the libertarian world, there's a lot of this sort of thinking because how else do you become a libertarian? It's not a, it's not an option that's presented to you, right? Yeah. <laughs> when you go to school and when you watch TV, yeah, it, it takes out of the box thinking to to reach that conclusion. Right. So, like I mentioned, Doug Casey earlier, yeah, um, definitely in the libertarian world, and you know, I used to sit there reading his conversations with Louis James, and there's lots of fascinating, fascinating stuff yeah. um, that I've gleaned from those conversations. Um, let me think, some, some other people. Um, so I haven't listened to his show in a while, but John Lee Dumas, who's very influential in the podcasting world, have you heard that name? No. Okay, no. so he has a podcast called Entrepreneur on Fire. Okay. Um, I haven't listened to it much of late, but very you know, sort of out of the box okay. thinker in, in, in person. Um, I'm, I'm sure I'll think of some more names as, as we continue talking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure some some more some more things yeah, will yeah. come to mind. Nice. Nice. No, yeah, um, and, and like I mentioned, you know, the, the diet and health component, and I've been slacking in that area <laughs> well, I mean, of, of late. Um, a lot of us, a lot of me included. Yes. Um, uh, but. You know, a lot of in the libertarian world, there's a lot of appeal behind sort of the primal paleo type track, mm. um, because there's a, you know a lot of common sense to it. But it is sort of an out, in you know maybe a different yeah. way of thinking about it. Um, so, you know, 
going back to that, maybe that that would okay. be sort of a, a different perspective. Um, nice, nice. I don't know. I may I may have. Oh, I guess conversations and people that we return back to, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, I mentioned the Steve Jobs interview earlier. Yeah. Um, recently, I was listening to, multiple times recently, listening to like a 15-minute clip on YouTube of Warren Buffett okay. talking about um, two people, the founder of Nebraska Furniture Mart okay. and the founder of Enterprise Rent-A-Car Company okay. um, and sort of their paths to success and some of the important steps and some of the important takeaways from their paths. Um, I thought that was quite valuable. I'll, I will listen to that again. Yeah. Um, so I, mean, I guess some of this is, you know, when I feel like I'm at a roadblock in my own life, yeah. where, where do I turn and yeah. what conversations and, and readings do I, do I go to right. in order to sort of ground myself and, um, you know, and, and rethink you know, where I am. Right. Okay. Um, so those are all some, some pieces that I that I would point out. I'm sure there's some others that I'm just not right. I'm sure there's. Head, yeah. I mean, I, I look through your. I mean, as I was staying at your place, bookshelves upon bookshelves of, of books and just just content in general, information just like right. sitting there that I'm sure you've you've read all through them. Um, I, I've read a lot of them. Some of them yeah. I purchase and I start, and then I get sidetracked <laughs> to go down rabbit holes oh, in other yeah. in other directions. Right. Yeah. Like looking um, up, you know, if the British Virgin, yeah, or what is it? If the if British Airways flies oh, to, yes, to the, yes. Tobago or Trinidad, well, no, 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 they they oh. so British Airways flies to both Trinidad <laughs> so and, and, to, and Tobago. Yeah, um, Virgin Airways flies to both Trinidad. I'm sorry, British Airways flies to both Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. Uh, the question, and I, I had stumbled across the answer to this uh, maybe a month or two ago, but it, it really, I mean, it, it, it's it's weird, right? That Virgin Atlantic, you know, another <laughs> London-based carrier, and by the way, Richard Branson is someone. Right. There's a lot of value and, and insight to be gained from him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as as I've done. Um, um, but British Airways flies to Tobago, not Trinidad, even though Trinidad is the or, or, or Virgin, Virgin, Vir, Vir, Virgin Atlantic. Yes, yeah, yeah. Virgin, did I say British Airways? Yeah, yeah, yeah. British Airways flies to both. Virgin, Virgin Atlantic yeah. flies to Tobago and not Trinidad, even though Trinidad is the far larger island, far yeah. more populous island. Yeah. Um, <laughs> lots of lots of oil, uh, you know, based in Port of Spain, the capital of Trinidad, Tobago, right. um, <laughs> which is which is why there have been constant flights from Houston to Port of Spain, but mm. Dallas has not had those flights. Right. Okay. Um, because of the the oil business. Um, so you know, you would think that it would make far more sense for if Virgin Atlantic were to pick one, it would be Trinidad, right? Which is which is the island that all the American carriers yeah. fly to. No American carriers fly to Tobago yet. Um, <laughs> yet here we are. Yet here we are. Virgin Atlantic flies to to Tobago wow. and Crown Point, but yeah. not um, not Port of Spain yeah. in, in Trinidad. Yeah. So yeah, I was wondering about that. Well, um, I think I think Tobago is the more popular tourist destination, mm. right? And a lot of Virgin's market is based on serving British tourists. And, and Trinidad and Tobago is a former British colony. They speak English. So, yeah, in a lot of in a lot of ways, it makes sense that they would fly there. But yes, why Tobago and not Trinidad? Who knows? Who well, who knows? Yeah, we'll, we'll, so, I mean, we can ask, sometimes we can I ask get, Richard Branson. So we we could we could. I'll also reach out to him. So, so, sometimes I get answers to these questions, right? Like I was wondering, you know, why are there so many flights between Albania and Italy? Well, there's an enormous Albanian expat population in, in Italy. <laughs> enormous. Oh, okay. um, in fact, there, there's a, a restaurant that one of my friends and I regularly go to, an Italian restaurant. In, in suburban Houston, where uh, the owners and the employees are largely Albanian, mm. um, you know, because there, there are so many Albanians in Italy. Um, I guess you only have to cross the Adriatic Sea to go from Albania right, to Italy. Right, I guess so. Yeah, ma- makes you don't have to go sense. through all the way Croatia and then. No, you, you yeah. don't. Yeah. You, you don't. You don't need to discover Trieste and uh, <laughs> Ljubljana and things right, like that yeah. along the way. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Well, so. 
I guess as as we kind of start wrapping up here. Aww. I know we'll have to. I mean, we <laughs> we'll do have, have to play part two or a part three. We can I, we can we can flip roles. I can guest host on oh your yeah. own, <laughs> on your own podcast. We, we, and we can get these insights out of you. I think I, that would be great fun. Ooh, that, I'm gonna add that to my list of ideas. Yeah. To, to have, you, have, have you thought of that? Having a guest host? I have not. Yeah. Not. I think that would be that would be fun to, to I, turn I, the table. Because I will definitely want to do part twos with a lot of people. That I've yeah. Yeah. I, I may have so mentioned fun. earlier that uh, conversation between Tom Woods and Michael Malice that I refer back to a few years ago from Mental Health Day. But I remember there was one episode where you know Woods had Malice as a, as a guest host for the first time ever having a guest host yeah. and turned the tables and interviewed Woods and, and they're, you know, they're great insights when the, when the conversation is flipped mm. they're great insights yeah, yeah. to be had so we'll have to, we'll have to do this right? I'm, I'm the guest host right, and I'm asking you who people think Sai is oh, yes. and I mean. where um, you're steering the conversation towards um, you know, utterly ridiculous obscurities and arcane yeah. topics that would be of interest to very few other people, yeah. but that we are going to <laughs> giggle about incessantly. But, I mean, but we would record this, you know, on the state line between Kansas and Missouri somewhere, or be, you know, between South Carolina and North Carolina and Charlotte, right? Well, I, and it would I, be un, unclear whether we're in which state, right. in which city. Well, I mean, I, when, I, when I visited you in, in suburban Charlotte, Waxhaw, right? Yeah, Waxhaw, you were at yeah. the time, yeah. I was excited about the prospect of walking from yeah. one state to another, which I think I've only done at the Hoover Dam, walking from you know, between Nevada and Arizona. Yeah, I, I was excited about walking from North Carolina to South Carolina, yeah. but, you know, or we, being we, in both states at the same or time. being in both states at the same time. But we we ran out of time for that. Yeah, yeah. So. When I visited you in um, in Overland Park, in Kansas, where you were living years ago, yeah, um, you know, we crossed that state line from the vastly superior state of, of Kansas. Yes. <laughs> to the wonderful but not Kansas level state of Missouri. Of course, um, missed opportunity to to record something. Yeah, <laughs> on, on both on both sides. Well, well, maybe um, we'll have to record our we guest have, host. Over we, there. we we could we could have taken a picture and sent it to. Um, to, to President Trump, former uh, to, to President Trump, demonstrating that Arrowhead Stadium is on the Missouri side of the Missouri yes, River, and not yeah. the not the Kansas yeah. side. You remember that whole that whole yeah. situation? <laughs> well, um, there's a lot of education going on there. But nice. Is, is there any other last topics that I know we have a lot of a lot of una unasked questions and unanswered questions here? But is there any last things that you want to that's been on your mind or anything like that that you want to? share before we kind of wrap up here? Um, well, you know, you, since you mentioned maybe a month ago that you wanted to do this, uh, I wasn't sure exactly what this was going to look like, but I knew it was going to be great fun. Yeah. I knew I would get tremendous value out of it. I assumed that you would get tremendous yeah. value out of it. As I have. I knew that I would be mentioning all sorts of things that I did not anticipate mentioning yeah. when we started the interview. Um, I, I, knew, I knew that it would be a, a great experience, and it, it definitely has been, so I'm yeah. so glad that you suggested this. Yeah. Um, the podcasting itch is definitely back in a larger way than ever before for me. and something that I want to scratch again. Awesome. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is this has been tremendous. So thank you for suggesting this. Yeah. Uh, thank you for coming to, to Houston to visit. For sure. Uh, you know, thank you for having me on. And you know, something that I don't think people say enough to each other, but that I said at the beginning when when talking when you asked me what I was grateful for and when you were talking, what you're grateful for. You know, above all else, thank you for your friendship and for wow. everything that that you do for me and that you have done for me over the. Eight years or so that we've yeah. known each other, wow. and that we've been driving each other crazy. Yeah. With, uh, the, the <laughs> exactly. Senegambia federa Confederation. Yes, and, of course, we have to fit that in and, one more last time. And, yes, and, <laughs> and why Virginia later applies to Tobago yes. and not Trinidad. <laughs> but you know, it, this has been an amazing conversation. Obviously, you know, we've had many before. We're going to have many after, um, and so yeah, just extremely excited that we had to get, have this conversation. 
Yes. We've got to have this conversation. And, and next time we need to go down a rabbit hole about Matt Calvin oh, and yes. for, former Los yes. Angeles Clippers head coaches. Yes, of course. And we barely we mentioned that we alluded to our, our mutual interest and fondness for sports. Right. I think the only time it actually came up was that shot about Arrowhead Stadium right, being yeah. on the Missouri <laughs> side of the Missouri River, yeah, not the, the Kansas footballist. side. The footballist, yeah, yeah. Yes, the footballist. Yeah, we did talk yeah, about yeah. that. And, and the Catholic school basketball. Yes. Uh, connection. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to we'll have to scratch that itch a little more and yeah. uh, and go down some of those rabbit holes. I like know. when we were in Charlotte, going down the uh, the L.A. Clippers head coach and the Oregon State uh, Beaver basketball men's <laughs> basketball head coach rabbit hole. Exactly. So we'll have to do that some more in the future. So, so many more conversations to be had. Oh Adam, but thank you for this one specifically today. Um, and hopefully, you guys did not get too bored. It was hopefully, hopefully it was an entertaining one, um, and we learned a lot about each other. Absolutely. about ourselves and, and, and we did it while being casual and profound uh, yes indeed. as opposed to profound and casual and, and uh, for the listeners the reason I keep mentioning that is because last night in preparation for this I referenced that I wanted to have a profoundly casual experience yeah. and I was immediately corrected <laughs> because that's not what this is it's not being profoundly casual yes. the show is all about being casually profound of course and it has to be casual and profound in that order correct not profoundly casual yes. that would be and incorrect I, that's someone else's show yes and so, size great podcast deals with being casually <laughs> profound casual and profound in that order yes but and I think we've achieved that. So I, I, thank you very I much. I feel satisfied that we've achieved that as well. Very nice, very nice. Well, hopefully you guys enjoy this. I will see you guys next time on the Size Eyes podcast. And as Adam said, on the Casually Profound series.